sun shines bright on old Kentucky home. Tis summer, the old folks are gay. Well, the corn tops ripe and the meadows in the bloom. While the birds make music all the day. And good morning. That is John Prines at my old Kentucky home. And uh, I thought I'd do a little bit of a different introduction to this Kentucky Derby Day, May 4th, 2019. Well, how about yesterday in the Kentucky Oaks? One of our own, home team, Joel Politi, winning the Kentucky Oaks with Serengeti Empress. We will have Joel on shortly. Uh, to join us. And um, what a day. Uh, Joel and I go back a few years. We had horses together. Yes, Joel and I have uh, horses at the farm also with Rudy Del Judas. Uh, great home team score for uh, Joel Politi, Serengeti Empress. Great to see our friends in the winner's circle. And how about Tom Amos? I've gotten to know Tom a little bit. Um, uh, Tom... Tom, Tom can be brutally honest, and, and sometimes he can rub people the wrong way. Trust me, I would know. And uh, not that he did with me, it just I sort of could be the same way. Just don't tell anybody that. Ruin my reputation of actually knowing those things. But um, we will talk to Joel shortly. Anyway, lots of happening today. As you remember, High Cal came out of the Derby yesterday with an abscess. He's only 19 in the race. We'll load up on this first Saturday in May. But I wanted to talk to you about what happened this morning. And yesterday, I was watching uh, an interview with, as you know, I spent Thursday morning with Jason Service. And I I have a, a, a very different opinion of Jason than a lot of people and people seem to get the wrong opinion of people really quickly. They're very judgmental. Where with, with John's service, John's very personable, very affable, easy to talk to. He's the more extroverted of the guy. Jason is an introvert. He doesn't talk to you. He, and I think he doesn't have the ability of picking up what you're saying right away. He has to process it. I And, and I understand him. You know, Some of us are made that you have to listen to somebody process the thought, and then you're able to respond. My ex-wife was like that. We'll just leave it at that. Um, but the way he sounded yesterday, he made a comment when they asked him how uh, if maximum security was ready. And he said, I can tell you a little bit more tomorrow morning because right now he's very hard to handle. And I, I, I understood what he meant by that. The horse is really feeling good. He's really sharp because he hasn't, he, he had told me that he wanted to do a little bit more to get there. Well, this morning he blew him out 23 flat at Churchill Downs from the 7.5 to the 5.5. But I am going to, I wish I had the, the music or the, uh, the ability of doing sound effects because I would do a back-in-time chime. Go back, so go back to December 26, 1994. It's Santa Anita, 
I'm under the San Gabriel Mountains. I'm a rookie clocker at the Great Race Place. What can be better? It's a usual morning, you know, after the Christmas time, uh, you know, you know, the meet starts on the 26th. And back then in 94, I mean, you had 300 horses working every day. It, uh, Santa Anita was an amazing place to be. Bruce Headley working six horses at the time. Uh, Charlie Whittingham parading his stars. Um, but his former assistant, the late Rodney Rash, provided a really old school lesson. In the midst of all the commotion with everything that was going on, 300 horses working, I see this bay come out of a pack of horses at the quarter pole. Just comes out of there like a bullet, and he flies the last quarter in 22 flat. I said, that can't be Powell's Castle, can it? He's running today. It was Powell's Castle, who was entered to race that afternoon in the Malibu Stakes, a grade one and last three-year-old race of the year. And Powell's Castle not only went on to win the Malibu Stakes that afternoon in 120-96-100s, but he did it emphatically. And I remember every bit of this because I bet on him. I picked him and I bet on him. I had just started the racing with Bruno. Uh, it was that time and in emails and I had a standalone voice mailbox. Some of you are still with me from those days. And um, it, was, it was a really interesting lesson. Fast forward 25 years and... I called my, my racing partner, my trainer, my, like a brother to me, Rudy Del Judas, and I told him, and he says, he's taking a page out of the Rick Dutra, Leroy Jolly, old school of training. Because um, they used to do it all the time. And I got a kick out of, I get a kick out of all the people that just lose their mind. Because... This, what this is, is all about mental sharpness. Jason wants his horse to be in a specific place mentally for the race today. And he is paying 100% attention to detail and where he wants to be. This work puts him where he wants to be. People cannot wrap their heads around maximum security. No, very few people can't. And, and saying that they can't wrap their heads around it is an understatement. They obsessively, compulsively continue to stare at the debut line for 16,000 maiden claiming. Even though that's old news because there's a bigger body of work there. And to boot, they can't figure it out. These 52 and 4, 42 flat works. Now he blows out 23 flat the day of. Boom. Mushroom cloud. People, can't, yeah, people need times for perspective. They, need to, they don't get them or understand them. It's like somebody speaking in a Scottish accent. Can you understand a word that a Scottish man says? And he speaks English. I can't. Maybe I'm not built to understand Scottish people. Love them. They're fun to hang out with. But you just nod and smile. Well, those works from, John, from Jason Service are like somebody speaking Scottish to you. You just don't know. Uh, they're so programmed to understand the project runway flash and glitter training methods that we do now. The 59s, the 111s, the, that when something like an old time horsemanship comes into play, heads explode. 
I asked a friend of mine on Thursday at, Thur- at Thurby, is it you don't like maximum security or you don't want to like him? He responded, I don't want to like him. Interesting. Interesting, very interesting uh, scenario uh, here. Um, I like what Jason's doing. He's doing his thing. He's doing his style. His way of getting a horse ready. He isn't playing to an audience. He isn't training his horse you know, to, to pacify Twitter or pacify social media, so pacify clockers. He is training his horses the best he knows how. The late, great Bobby Frankel said it best. Horses are overtrained to begin with, and I totally agree, and Jason does not overtrain horses. The weather today, you're asking. The weather, about 40% chance of rain starting around noon. It also means it'll be about 60 to 70% between then and 5 o'clock, a little bit more. But we have seen the weather delay itself a number of times here in the last month where it's supposed to rain and it doesn't until later on and then it comes down in buckets and then the next day we're fast and firm. Um, so just keep a keep a good look out and see, and see track conditions. I love this derby card. I love it more than I like the Oaks card. And with a little rabbit's foot luck and, you know, let's get the money. Also, um, what a day yesterday. I wasn't really happy with the entire results, but I got emails and, and texts and calls. I had a Richie F. from Brooklyn call me last night. And he's like, I made a lot of money. Oh, Bruno, I made a lot of money. And I love it. I love the accent. You know, and we talked for about 20 minutes. And he, he, where's this been all my life? You know, kind of, you know, we've been looking for something like this. Had another gentleman that, um, that hit both pick fives key in our four-star works. We had three of them win the latter part of the races yesterday. Uh, Awala in the last, Serengeti Empress in the Oaks, and Cummings was a four-star work that paid 40-something dollars. Uh, Cummings is a bit of a sore spot with me because I didn't use him in the selection analysis because I had seen that before from him. And he had done it a number of times, and every single time he disappointed. So sometimes it's a really... Uh, tough judgment call, but I've learned one thing. I get something like that, it's going in the analysis from now on. And uh, because the, what, those of you who used your better judgment and went in against it, you know, my, it went and put him in there at a four-star work, congrats. You get, you, get, you, get, you get an applause, a genuine applause for doing the right thing. And sometimes it's what we try to tell you Use your in, use your intuition. If you want to use a horse, use it and, and, and throw it in there and see what happens. So what about the rest of the card today? I think I tweeted something out yesterday um, that, um, that how, how much I like the card. And here's some of the highlights that, that I, I put together. And I put this out on Twitter um, I got a big play early in the card, the key, the early pick four, pick five. So watch that. A double, I got a double single early in the card also in the early pick four and pick five. Got another double single in the jackpot six. Um, I can single there. Um, I could actually single there. I use two horses, but you make up your mind, you can actually single one of those horses. Uh, I love a horse in race eight. I got another big price in race 10. I'm going to beat 
bricks and mortar in race 11, and I love the Kentucky Derby. So there is a little bit of info for you for today's card. When you get a chance, look at it. You can hear this again and, and go from there. Well, let's see if we can find our friends Joe Pelitti. And Racing with Bruno with the Works Podcast is really, really excited about this. We have a dear friend of mine and the owner and winner of the Kentucky Oaks, Joe Politi. They won with Serengeti Empress yesterday with Tom Amos. And Joel, from, on behalf of all of us and Rudy Del Judas over at the farm, congratulations and great one for the home team. Thanks, Bruno. You're going to have to excuse my voice a little bit because yesterday was a great day and I used my voice pretty darn hard. <laughs> I can tell you had a great time. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, you Now, tell us a little bit about you, who you are, how did you get into racing, and how did you come about getting Serengeti Empress? Um, well, so uh, I'm, a, um, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I live in Columbus, Ohio, uh, but I've been going – my alter ego is I've uh, been going to the races. I grew up on a, on a pseudo horse farm. My dad was a physician, but um, he loved the races and he bought some land, put a 12 horse barn in our backyard. And um, so we had thoroughbreds from the day I was, you know, in our backyard since I was about four years old. And um, it was just part of the way of life for us. And we went out and cleaned stalls and fed the horses and, Every Saturday and Sunday, I was at Thistledown in Cleveland, and um, he, we raced at Mountaineer, which was Waterford Park at the time, at night. So we'd go to Thistledown during the day, Waterford at night, and clean stalls and put out the horses, you know, in between. And, and that's what we did. And so it's kind of just in my blood, like a lot of us that are in the racing. Um, you know, you live it so hard for a while, but that's what you do. And it's just something you can't you wouldn't want to escape from. So anyway, and I've been owning horses. My dad, when I went to the races forever. Um, and uh, unfortunately he passed away about 10 years ago and yesterday would have been a great day for him, but. Um, Don't be so sure he wasn't there with you to begin with. Yeah. He might've pushed her along there. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I've owned horses for about, Oh, uh, 13, 14 years. No, actually 14 years I've owned on my own, um, you know, bought and, and had a bunch of partnerships and, uh, and had a really good time with it. Now, how did you come about getting Serengeti Empress? Well, Tom's been my trainer for a while. Uh, and, um, we, we went to the sale, the yearling sale in seven, September of 17. And, um, and with the intent of, you know, of getting a filly and uh, we walked around and Tom has a really good system. He's methodical. He, you know, takes a, a large number of horses and gets them down to a small number and um, try to bid for value. And um, so we narrowed the list down. And fortunately, um, we didn't get some and we did get her. Right. And um, that's kind of like going to the sales. Right, Bruno? I mean. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you go, thank God. Yeah, right. You know, and you know, I mean, she's, uh, you've seen her. She's the most beautiful animal. I mean, she's just uh, muscular and athletic and 
um, just strong. And, and when she moves, she's just so agile. Right. And um, when, you know, the reason we got her for 70,000 is because she was by alternation, who was a complete wild right. card for everybody at the sale. And um, she's out of an unraised Bernardini mirror that has a, a South American family. So lots of unknowns, you know, when you look at her. She's all Bernardini, by the way, the way she looks, the way she moves. She really took a lot from the stallion. She took the speed because um, you're right. Alternation is a, 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 uh, a, an enigma to a lot of people. Um, he hasn't had too many really good horses. He was a good horse himself, yep. uh, but he just uh, he hasn't produced. He hasn't sired anything. But uh, yeah, I mean, she's second crop. And, uh, you know, he's got another uh, a, a nice three year old. I think it's uh, not Limonite, but he has another nice three year old. It's a grade three winner from last year. And uh, that ultra moon that ran yesterday. So there are some, but you're right. I mean, he's not a top tier sire, clearly. But yesterday, a pin oak stud was super happy, right? Yes, they, they should be. They should be. Now, you know, we've known each other three, four years. Yep. We, we, we had some horses that we worked on together. Yep. Um, and we talked last year going into the, the Breeders' Cup. You loved her. Um, she had come off a, just a phenomenal effort in the, in the, I want to say, was it the Pocahontas yep. or the Golden Rod? No, the Pocahontas. The Pocahontas. Was she won by what? 19 lengths? Yep. Great. Did, w were you surprised of that or did you guys kind of know going in? Well, she ran, um, uh, so, you know, before she ran, Tom knew, uh, that she was really good, but that's a relative thing, right? I mean, uh, he knew, right. he knew she was really good. But then how good is really good? And she ran her first race at Indiana. Moore is just a schooling race. And um, and she looked great. We took her to Saratoga. And that track. She didn't run that day. No, she didn't. And that track it has a, a way of, you know, it's the graveyard of favorites. And people ship in there. And that track is different. And you don't train over it. And um, she's a two-year-old. And we ran her two weeks before and shipped her across country. You go down the list of reasons. She had enough reasons to not run well that day that we just brought her back, regrouped, and she ran in the Ellis Park Juvenile. And that's the day when she won the Ellis Park Juvenile. She won that by 13 lengths. But if you watch that replay, it was a, a, a visual that, it, you know, was a wow. And, um, and she ran faster than the boys did that day. And her splits were crazy. But how she did it, um, that's the day I, I knew we had something really good. And, um, you know, the next day, my phone rang off the hook trying to buy her for ridiculous amounts of money. And um, so, you know, we we knew we had something that day. The Pocahontas really validated it. And I thought in the Breeders' Cup, we would be good. She just it wasn't her day. You can get on a list of a bunch of excuse reasons why, but it just wasn't her day. What happened and now you come back, you take a little time off. She seems to be doing, does really well when you give her a little time and she runs another monster race. Yeah. Yeah. The Rachel, and, the Rachel Alexandra, you know, the Monday of that week, Tom and I debated running her or not because um, she had only had two works and we said, well, she's really not ready to run yet, but there was nowhere to run her. We were trying to get her on the Oaks um, pathway. And so, we, you know, the options were fairly limited to stay on the path to run in the fairgrounds oaks. So, um, you know, not that anything was wrong. We just questioned how fit if she was race fit. And um, and, and that day, uh, again, you know, she ran 
30 minutes before the, the boys did. And she outsplit the boys at three quarters and basically ran the same time as the boys um, the day war. That was war of will, right? Right, with war of will. A very legit field. And um, and that race, I mean, her screws weren't tightened. And um, that was an incredible race, really. And then she came back, obviously, in the Fairgrounds Oaks, and she bled. And, um, you know, that was... Tell me about that. Talk about that. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure getting the call from Tom was... It was heartbreaking. Oh, I was you. standing there and, you know, uh, James Graham pulls her up and he was trying to be kind to her. And, um, you know, she never bled before. She never bled since. She doesn't act like that in any way. Um, but she bled and she did. So, um, you know, uh, having been around horses enough, uh, you know, horses can have a bad day. And, and why horses bleed on an occasion is an unknown for a lot of reasons. Did they have something that spiked an you know, allergen in their body? Did they have some virus? Was there something cooking where they just weren't right that day? And, um, and she bled. So we gave her time. Um, and brought her back. And she just showed every day that she was okay. And we were very committed to not running in the, in the Oaks, both Tom and I, if there were any signs of anything, we were both pretty, um, you know, pr pretty committed to say, if, if she shows us anything that she doesn't want to do this, then we're not going to go that way. And Tom, if you know, uh, Tom is at the barn every day. He rubs every horse's leg. He looks at every horse. He walks around, checks their feed buckets, he is detail oriented to the max. And so every day we just looked at her and if you, Bruno, I know you watched her last work last Tuesday. Well, you and I talked. Yeah. I mean, you, I think you called me before and then I think I talked to you right after. And then I talked to you again, you know, when you were there with Tom a couple of days ago and um, you know, I was very interested. I saw the 59 and four and I thought that was good. She was by herself. Uh, I think she went the last state and 12. And then you came back and you worked her behind Hainesfield. And what I loved about that work, and I gave it a four-star work. And if it wasn't, and to be honest, Joel, if it wasn't for all this other speed that was supposed to be in there, right. I would have. she would have been my top play and best, best bet. I tried to be cute to try to say, okay, she's going to be in front. This horse is going to be sitting right behind getting the garden trip, which would have been Lady Apple. Right. But, you know, she worked 58 and one and the way she did it and galloped out. And I mean, she blew, but she sat motor past, you know, it was push button. It was almost exactly the way she ran the race. It, it's true. If you look at the splits of her work, you know, she went 58 and one and galloped in one eleven. Yeah. Right. And guess what she did yesterday. Right. I mean, and, yeah. and, um, and, you know, you just don't know how much they're going to have, but, I thought she'd go the distance. We were just worried about everything after that Fairgrounds Oaks debacle. So, um, you know, uh, you know, there was a lot of speed in that race yesterday. Jaywalk, motion emotions, uh, champagne, anyone um, uh, out for a spin. You had to go on the list. There was a lot of speed in that race. And those are good horses. The Bellafina, right? I mean, and um, she took it to him, you know. Yes, she did. And, you know, it, it's interesting you bring that up. Because always people sit there and look at their form and they see the ones in front of horses and they automatically assume that that horse will be able to go to the pace. And I, the only one I was worried about with you was motion to motion. Right. I agree. 
You know, Bella Fina, I did not think she was coming into the race well. I didn't think she was fast enough to go early. She had shown that she she could come east and, and, and get her head handed to her. Um, you know, I wasn't worried about Bella Fina. Jaywalk, I knew she had been improving and she had a big work coming up. So you'd have to wonder if she was going to fire. And uh, tell me a little bit about uh, how you felt at this after the start and at the half mile pole. What were you thinking? Well, you know, um, Tom said it too. Uh, when uh, Positive Spirit went down, everybody caught their breath. That was a big deal. I was so happy, really, um, you know, that she popped up and the jock popped up. And and that uh, relaxed a, a lot of emotions just about racing in general, right? So, so that was, uh, you know, something at the beginning. She popped out from the 13 hole. And um, when she, uh, you know, she had to clear motion to motion. She didn't just have to make the lead. She had to clear her before the turn. And she did. So uh, it, it, part of it just speaks to her foot speed. I mean, she her, her turnover when she's going, she moves at a different clip, you know. And um, so, she, uh, you know, she got out and she cleared. And Mike Smith's on motion to motion. And he knows what he's doing. And um, anyway, so when the fact that she could clear her, that made me feel pretty good. And she was cruising down the backside, you know, ears flopping and happy. And um, I felt pretty good there. But this is a really good field. So, you know, the, the, and that Churchill stretch is pretty long. And so I was waiting for the top of the stretch. And when she got to the top of the stretch and Leora came up to her, um, you know, that was a little worrisome. But once she saw her, you can see it. She pins her ears back and she was not going to let her go by. And, um, you know, she had another gear left, which was just so awesome. About the eighth pole, I was... I was sure she was going to win at the eighth pole at that point. And uh, we were jump. Well, I was jumping like I used to play back. Like I used to do when I played basketball today. Yeah. That that's just, uh, you know, an amazing story and, and, and knowing you and, 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 and knowing a little bit about uh, your love for the game. Tell us a little bit about how many horses, how many horses do you have? Um, I know you got a couple of babies down at the farm with us. Yeah, so I have um, about uh, I have three uh, two-year-olds that I'm in on. Uh, one uh, that Rudy has uh, that's an Ohio bred that uh, uh, Doug Shanifelt helped pick out for us. That um, we'll go back to him, and then uh, two that are there that are uh, in Ocala that are going to go to Tom that he picked out, and then I've got. Um, uh, uh, about four or five with Tom now and one that's on the farm coming back. And then I have uh, um, one nice filly that is a poly track filly that's up at Woodbine. So um, it's interesting. Yeah. You got a lot, you got a lot of, uh, you got a lot of sticks in the fire there. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, it's, it's really a pleasure to have a chance to talk to you. I think it's probably hasn't sucked in yet. And uh um, I know you're heading back. So tell me, how did you get down to Churchill? You told me you already left and you're heading back to Columbus. Yeah. So we had a, um, uh, I came down early in the week and hung out and just, you know, soaked it all up. And, um, and then uh, I had a party bus. We only lived three hours from Louisville. So we had a party bus with uh, 18 people come down yesterday morning and spent the whole day with a bunch of friends, had a great time. And then that bus, uh, 
you know, when it was over, we said, well, we'll see what happens. And we wound up sticking around for a while. And then, <laughs> that, and then we all rode back on the bus late. So I bet that was fun. It was great. <laughs> it was a great time. I've done that trip to Columbus uh, last fall a couple of times. And uh, we went to Ohio State for uh, for Michael, um, our puppy surgery. So I should have remembered you were there. I should have given you a call. Oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, that, that is a that is a fun ride. That is not a bad ride to take up there. Oh, um, it's a quick three hours. I can make it down to Louisville, and, and I do. It's a good trip. Well, we really appreciate you coming on board with us this morning. Yeah, and I would be completely remiss to ask you, who do you like in the Derby? Uh, you know, the Derby, I, 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 I mean, uh, first of all, I don't have the expertise of you or, or – or, um, you know, a lot of handicappers as well. I would say uh, Tacitus kind of jumps out at me just on um, his last race. And uh, and then after that, uh, no, um, I think that you could make a pretty strong argument for a bunch in there. Um, so I guess if I'm going to be forced to go with one today, I go with Tacitus. Well, we thank you. Congratulations. It's great to have home team win the Kentucky Oaks yesterday, your home team, Joel. Yes. And uh, Joel Politi, owner of Serengeti Empress. I think I texted you and then I texted Tommy yesterday. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy with a big exclamation mark. Uh, <laughs> boy, was he happy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, Tom deserves this. You know, I mean, I know you know this. He works hard just like everybody does. But Tom is such a good man. He's a good person. He's super ethical. He's very honest. And I think for some people in the industry, he's probably brutally honest to the point where, um, you know, uh, I mean, yes. Yeah. Tom is 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 uh, the epitome of what you really want a high level trainer to be. So I couldn't be happier for him. And we're happy for you, Joel, to you and your family and Tom Amos and his family. Congratulations. And thank you for coming on board. All right, Bruno. Thank you. Thank you very much. Joel Politi. Serengeti Empress, fantastic owner and friend, winning the Kentucky Oaks yesterday. Well, on this first Saturday in May, we are all looking to make a nice score and have a fantastic day of racing. Go to RacingAlberta.com. I love the Kentucky Derby card. And... I hope we can all rejoice after. Actually, you know what? We are going to rejoice after. None of this we might. And and also, I want to thank all of you. We have had tremendous response to our podcast, to our products. And I love. I, I really enjoyed doing these podcasts. And I really enjoyed talking to you after when people, some of you have written me. And I thank you very much. Uh, I feel like part of the family now. So, the Racing with Bruno family to you. Enjoy your Kentucky Derby. Go to RacingWithBruno.com. And uh, let's enjoy our old Kentucky home.